1: It's a very extravagant love we are looking at today on Truth For Today. The significance of washing feet with hair and expensive perfume. All coming up next on Truth For Today. From Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, hi and welcome. This is Truth For Today. Pastor Phil Howard takes us back to John chapter 12 today as we take a look at Mary's anointing of Jesus, the significance of all of this, and what it means for you and I, as we continue our look at this extravagant love and triumphant praise. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast.
2: There's a plot going on to kill Lazarus. There is a death threat out to kill Jesus. He will march into Jerusalem riding not not a white stallion, which was the horse of a conqueror, but the meek, lowly Jesus goes in on a donkey. And then after that, the plot thickens. We're going to kill this man. We will not have him be our king. And in the midst of all of this rejection, hate, anger, a woman dares do something that the rest of them We're clueless to do. She says, I'm going to worship and adore him while I have him in my life. He's going to be dead within a week. And I'm going to do what I do for him as soon as I can. Jesus won't be dead in a week in your life, but you might be. So that whatever you're going to do for Christ, you must do today. Delay is no friend. Delay is no friend. You've been using that excuse all your life. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Today. So watch what she does. It's straightforward. She pulls out this ointment. She pours it on his feet. In the other gospels, she also pours it upon his head. And she takes her hair and she turns it into a towel. And the fragrance fills the air and you want to write the hallelujah course. Amen? Amen? This is great. Man, the air is changed. We've got our sister over here at his feet, pointed on his head, taking her hair, which is her glory, and just say, I'll turn it into service for him. What's hair for if not to adore my Savior with? What's money for? If not to adore my say, he just raised my brother, he is the resurrection and the life. I have no doubt about who he is, and in the midst of this adoration, in the midst of this marvelous pouring out of love uh, she she's going to start being rebuked, she's going to start being told you're stupid, you don't know how to manage money you you don't you, this is a waste. This is a waste. Anything you give to God is a waste. I take Money Magazine, and I take a few other magazines about money, and I barely get to read them. They're all telling me how to be rich. I've never had one of them tell me to be a giver. I've never had one chapter in that magazine that says, you ought to give to God first. And matter of fact, be as generous with God as you can. I've gone to some seminars on financial planning. Now I know some financial planners that know the Lord. They've got a different perspective. But you're not going to find many of us say, by the way, you need to make an extravagant gift to the Lord Jesus Christ at this Christmas season. Nobody on Wall Street's going to tell you to do that. No, no, no. And so we get a Wall Street rep here called Judas, who is a crook. And he begins to make the protest. I, I have to say, Christ is the only object of your heart that you really can't ever give too much. Here's this woman pouring out this unadulterated, overwhelming devotion. And the shock in it all is that there'd be any opponents they happened to be all men. Isn't that interesting? And the disciples were indignant, Matthew 26. Here we just focus in on Judas. Maybe he led the pack and created one, you know, bad apple can sour everybody. And so Judas, he begins to protest. No, no, uh, you're not using God's money. The You notice it was her money anyway. Aren't some people experts at telling you how to spend your money? Judas, this hasn't cost you a dime. Not one dime. But you're an expert. You're an expert because you handle the little bag of money. You're the church treasurer. And he says, why wasn't this perfume sold? There's 300 denarii and give it to the people. That's a year's wages. In the Gospels, a denarii was one day's worth of wages. You take out the 52 Sabbaths, and you got about a year's worth of wages. And notice, he didn't say this because he was concerned about the poor, but because he was a thief, and he had the money box. He used to pilfer what was put into it, and it's a present tense. He was always, always stealing from the money that came into to the disciples, Came into Christ. And then Christ speaks up. Let her alone. That she may keep it for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor with me. With you. But you do not always have me. Three parts of the rebuke. And I start at verse 8. Work my way backwards. Uh, The first thing. Leave her alone. You don't always have me near. The days of my incarnation are about over. The days that you could touch me, the days that you could do. I'm going to be gone within a week. You will not always have me as I'm with you now in this body. The next time you see me in a body, you will see a glorified, nail-pierced body. You'll be at the cross as many of you as make the trip. because many of you fled me that night, you never even got close to the cross. John got close, but I want to tell you, the rest of the disciples weren't hanging out at Golgotha. They were hiding. They were running. He says, she did the right thing. She redeemed the opportunity. Right now, she seized me. Right now, she did it. Two, I'm not against you being good to the poor, but you'll have over 2,000 years to do that. She's only got this moment to have me. Only a week will I be around. The poor you have always. And no one said to be good to the poor any more than God. So he's not contradicting himself. But you've got me in your midst. You don't have a great burden for the poor. When did Judas ever help the poor? When did those that would interrupt the worship of Jesus and the extravagant display of love that gives large sums of money that takes your hair. A Jewish woman to do this, she broke all protocol because Jewish women were not allowed to have their hair down in public. But she undid it because Numbers 5 said when a woman was accused of adultery, she had to let her hair down and let the priest examine her. It was a shameful thing, but she abandoned all custom, all that went on. I'm going to turn my hair into the towel that washes his feet and wipes all this ointment. I tell you, if I was a woman, I cannot imagine as a believing woman that I'd ever use my hair for anything greater. I washed the feet of my Messiah in the ointment and I used my hair. What good is hair? What good is a body if it's not put at his feet? And turned into his service, and so he says, "Hey, don't leave her alone. You don't always have me. You'll always have the poor." And then she's done this for the day of my burial, and and this is almost prophetic. I don't know that Mary said. I know he's going to be dead soon. We don't know. It, it's a tough verse. Maybe it's the idea, I'm entering into his suffering. I've been saving this ointment for my own funeral. Because in Bible lands, decomposition happened quick. They expected the tomb to be full of stench when they went there for Lazarus. So he said, my Savior, my Savior will have the most precious ointment that can be bought. He will not fill a tomb full of human odor from dying and decomposition something I must tell you God had promised Messiah in Psalms 110 when you die I will see to it that no decomposition happens to your body those three days he would not let his beloved see the corruption of the worm Psalms 110 so there was no stench when you came to Christ's tomb. God took care of all the decompositions. But this woman, she doesn't know that. And she said, I am going to give now. My Savior shall be buried with the best of them. I've entered into his sufferings, and I want to give what I've got to him. So Peter He's in there with the other disciples. They're all angry about this. Judas is the spokesman. Judas, don't. I want to rebuke you. I won't always be here. The poor will be. And she's done something that anticipates the day of my burial. She did the deed now. And you know what? This Mary didn't go to the tomb. She didn't go. On that resurrection morning. Mary Magdalene went. But not this Mary. And so. You see this contrast. Why did Judas have that attitude? Where did that come from? Uh, something is scary. Your attitude about money. Might indicate your spiritual danger. God told. A young pastor in Ephesus. Timothy. 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 Don't determine to get rich, for if you do, you will fall into divers temptations that drown the souls of men. He said it to a pastor, not a financial planner, not a businessman, but a young pastor. I know when I started this church, my father asked me, what are you going to do to pay your bills? I said, well, I'm going to just pray and trust God, and if he doesn't take care of me, I'm leaving the ministry. There's no need of representing a God that can't take care of me. He said, what? I said, yeah. I said, I've studied, been preaching, been going to school. i have come here to start a church. I didn't come here to be a part-time pastor. Well, but there's no money. I know that, but there's still God, isn't there? Amen. Well, for whatever reason, I'm still here. I obviously have made it. I've obviously eaten. God obviously kept his word. And when we had the least, he supplied in abundant ways. You you see, God doesn't want part of you. He wants all of you. And he had all of Mary, he had all of Martha. Look in that room, two women pouring out the worship, one in service, the other in an extravagant gift, while the rest... And, of course, Lazarus is saying nothing. But the, the rest of the spiritual elite are griping about the deed. I, I find it it's an amazing thing until you get in church work and see people's about money. It's always good enough for them. But they get nervous if you pour out too much of it on others. And God's church, God's missionaries, God's work. God's work. But they could always want the best for them. But if it's for God and the church, give them leftovers. Because Christ is not the treasure of their life. These women, he was their treasure. Well, Judas had always been a thief. Never quit stealing. But the woman that was always at his feet, which meant the place of humility, the place of the learner, You often sit at the feet of a rabbi, and you are being taught. Those who sit at the feet of Jesus are the ones who give the greatest of their life, their service, whatever means they have. Let me ask you this question. Which crowd are you in? You know, we had had people leave the church during uh, February and March because we were talking about money. Well, they won't quit honoring uh, Christmas. And all of December is going to be about money. You don't know that? It's all about money. A pagan world loves Christmas. Not Christ. Christmas. Without the Christ. They love money. Month. They balance their books in December. They either make or break in December. Let me say something to you. Don't let the merchants of the earth rob you Of the adoration due Christ in December. Come let us adore him. Bow down before him. The merchants. They want to get rich. I don't care if they're Muslim. So called Protestant. Catholic. Jewish. They want to make a buck in December. And they hope you'll forget Christ. You'll remember uh, Rudolph. And that you'll remember a fictitious man at the North Pole. Uh, Please Please deliver me from the myths. I'm worshiping a Christ who left a throne and the attendance of angels to become poor that I might become rich. That's who I will adore. I'll give a gift if I want to. But he's our adoration. He's our adoration. So I want to ask you some things. Where are you in the narrative? Now, we don't have time to develop the triumphal entry that he goes on from there. And they begin to shout, Hosanna, this is the king. The common people were receiving him gladly. The religious leaders are pulling strings to get him killed. Where do you fit in all of this? Well, you're in some kind of category. I don't know. You might just come along to see this wonder worker that can raise the dead, but you're not going to believe in him. They couldn't, be, they couldn't undo the fact. The whole community saw this resurrection. They they couldn't get it out. The whole world, it seemed, was going after him. But where are you in the room? If you were in that room, what would you be doing if you had Christ only one more week with you? Let me just raise the best things you could be doing. When are you going to serve Christ? The church is filled with people that are critics Telling the church how it ought to spend its money, how long the sermon ought to be, and what the music ought to be. Why don't you just hush? Why don't you ask the question about what you can do, not what we're doing. What are you doing? You. I'm talking to you. How are you serving Jesus Christ and his church? Did you know this is the only thing that's going to last? Where do you serve? Until you see him, where do you serve Jesus Christ? Yeah, I'm not asking you to serve me. I'm not asking you to serve this church. Why don't you serve the one that raises the dead? What What would you do? Have you ever Have you ever offered him thanks and adoration for saving your marriage? For saving you, has he saved any of your children? I just ask you. What are you giving him back? He raised the dead. He raised you. You used to be dead in sin. If you're saved, it's the amazing grace of God. Will you serve him? Uh, What about, what have you ever laid at his feet? Uh, I was a kid. I had no money, so I laid myself on the altar. All I have to give is me. And you know what? That's really all I got now. The money's all Monopoly money. It's going anyway. That does not matter. Does he have me? Does he have you? Or would you be upset that things weren't going just right? You didn't want to tell the church how to spend the money, how to do this, do that, do that. While well, you do nothing. Just a church expert, a worship expert. You hypocrite. Don't tell me how to worship. Are you worshiping? Are you adoring? Are you at his feet? Nobody can answer that but you. And then you won't always penny pinch and get on when you want to get tight. Be tight with yourself, never in your adoration of Jesus. He is the treasure of our heart. He's worth more than we could ever give. How can you ever be extravagant in your gifts to Jesus? We can never give what he's worth. Worship is giving him his word. Carol and I were going down to a uh, Bible conference with Jews for Jesus uh, in Santa Cruz area. And on the way down, we thought, well, we'd get a romantic mood. We'd play Barbara Streisand. And uh, she started singing, you don't bring me roses anymore. And we're both about to cry. And good night. I'm going to put a lip lock on her right there in the car. I'll bring you a rose here. You know, but the story's sad. The song's sad. Faded love is one of the greatest heartbreaks in life. And it's one thing for you to fall out of love with your wife or your husband. And you know what? I could tell you a thousand reasons why that doesn't sound too bad when you know all of your imperfections. But I can never understand why you fall out of love with Jesus. I never can understand. I've done it. But it's never made sense that he becomes a strain. Prayer, oh, do I have to pray today? No, no, you can worry. Worry. Do that. You're good at it. Buy some more Tums. Because he said if you pray, you won't worry. So whatever you want to do. Do we have to go to church? No, stay home, stay home. Well, I can live it just as good at home, do you? No, you don't. What do you serve? Your backyard? Your garage? Your accounts? Your portfolio? When have you ever done anything that the world saw it? I'm amazed. I close with this. uh, My brother and sister went to the same tax person for years. And every year, they would both go through this little thing when they did their taxes. This individual, not a believer, and uh, uh, whatever. And they would keep saying, you're giving too much money to the church. And one year, my brother David, in his kind, non-abrasive way, said, that is none of your business. I, I pay you to do my taxes, not to where I give my money. Guess what? After going there for years, this woman has been converted. And now when they go in to do taxes, she said, I'm getting just like you. I can't give enough to him. I can't give enough to him. Because she knows him. When you know him, you can't adore him enough, can you? You can't adore him enough.
1: That you might grow in Christ and find encouragement in the day-to-day lives that we lead As believers in Christ, it is a challenge to live in a dead and dying world, is it not? Especially knowing heaven awaits us. So it is a delight to be able to come to you on a daily basis and provide you with this encouragement from God's word as we teach and train and and preach the gospel of Christ for the glory of God and your good. This is Truth For Today, Pastor Phil Howard, taking us to God's Word that we might be mutually edified in grace. If you have questions or comments about the broadcast, maybe you would like to hear the program again. We have a couple of ways that you can reach us. The easiest, of course, is our phone number, 855-833-9864. If you would rather visit our website and work through the website, you can do so, truthfortodayradio.org. A lot of resource materials available there besides our podcasts. You'll also take advantage of the many other resources, books, and materials. It's all at truthfortodayradio.org. You can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is our zip code. And as we conclude our time today, we would invite you to link arms with us financially and prayerfully. These programs come to you on a daily basis, and even our extended resource materials found at our website are available as you link arms with us, partnering with us financially and prayerfully. Whether it's a one time gift or a monthly gift, no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Please, Consider how you might come alongside and partner with us as we continue to minister the gospel of Christ to the greater Bay Area. We'd love to hear from you. Here's that phone number once again, 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. And our website, you can securely give a donation there as well, truthfortodayradio.org. And then we would also invite you to join us for worship. If you're not involved in a fellowship near you, consider this an official invitation to join us here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. For directions and information, you can visit our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, call 855-833-9864. And then would you please mention that you were invited by the radio broadcast to one of our ushers? It would mean a great deal to us. Whether you visit us in person or simply stop by our website or listen to us here on the radio, we hope to see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.